This is for report 67 on audience first products. Let's start out by talking about why this topic matters. The audience first approach can help you validate products, build distribution and stay accountable. The problem is that you don't know what to build or how to reach customers. The solution is to build trust before you build products. Some examples include James Clear, who published two blog posts each week for years before releasing Atomic Habits. You also have Rob Walling, who wrote books, launched MicroConf, wrote a lot of blog posts, hosts a podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us, built and sold Dripped way before starting Tiny Seed. We also have Jane Portman, who launched the UI Breakfast podcast, wrote blog posts, released a book on productized consulting before building user lists. You can check out the report for many more players. The first prediction is that we'll see more one-person media companies. Creation and distribution tools are democratizing leverage, and you see this in that you don't have to build your own podcast, video, or newsletter platform. We have Johnny Harris, who left Fox, and now he has a YouTube channel with over a million subscribers. The same is happening with Barstool, The Verge, Morning Brew, Fortune, and many other players. The next prediction is that more brands will opt for equity instead of simply selling attention. Kylie Jenner could leverage her influence on Instagram and sell that to promote a cosmetics company, but instead she built her own billion dollar brand. We'll also see more commoditized backends make it easier for smaller firms to sell products directly instead of selling attention. And Printful is a great example of this where they lower the execution risk and the marginal cost of producing and fulfilling orders for physical products. And from creators' perspectives, these physical products are actually turning into digital products because the creator doesn't have to actually touch or fulfill those orders. We'll also see more maker mafias where you have groups that are helping each other build and promote their products. An example of this is the Zero to One Makers Club. And a lot of people say that every company is a media company, but this will become more obvious as companies like HubSpot opt to buy proprietary distribution instead of simply bidding on paid ads through platforms like Google and Facebook. We'll also see more audience first funds where you have solo capitalists like Sahil and Bentasu who have rolling funds, but we also have larger firms like A16Z, First Round, and NFX as examples. We'll also see social tokens emerge as their own category of audience first products, where these tokens align the upside and downside between brands and their audiences. You can look at C Club, which is an incubator that accelerates this movement. Coming back to the leverage that these one-person media companies have, we'll see more of them partnering with larger organizations. And you see this with people like Johnny Harris and Lonely Planet. You also see it with Joe Rogan and Spotify. On to opportunities where the first one is to teach as you learn. And as you're teaching, you'll see what content resonates and you'll have the opportunity to double down on that. This is what allowed Nat Eliason to leverage his personal blog and lobby that into building an app and agency, courses, and affiliate revenue. This is also the force behind Maria Popova's success as well as James Clear's. Another opportunity is to embed yourself in existing communities where conversations are already occurring. And 100 Days of No Code does this well where they funnel users from Twitter to a private community Arvid Call also writes about this concept of embedded entrepreneurship. There's also an opportunity to sawdust to save time where 
a complaint or objection that some people may have to taking an audience first approach is that it can be distracting. And you have people like Damon Chin, Zo Chu, and KP, where they're simply sharing progress as they work and they're releasing these artifacts of their work so that it doesn't become too distracting, yet they can still build that audience and tell that story. Another opportunity is to use a freemium model where we have William from Start React Native, where he was releasing free videos on YouTube, but didn't know how to monetize it. And over time, he learned to roll that into a paid membership where the free videos are simply top of funnel content. And then he has the paid membership for people that want to go deeper into the concepts and get more tutorials on using React Native. There's also an opportunity to compound your skills and your audience by committing to a schedule. And some examples include dropping a newsletter, a video, a podcast, or a project each week or each month. And you can look at Trends VC, Petite Fashion Weekly, or Bad Unicorn for examples of projects that actually stick to a schedule. Another opportunity is to connect your audience to each other, where we talk about audience building as this one-to-many relationship, but your audience may also want to be connected to each other in the shape of many-to-many relationships. And examples include Trends Pro, which connects entrepreneurs, as well as 100 Days of No Code, which connects no coders. You could also look at building an aggregator where you have people like Lenny and Pomp, where they're funneling attention and proprietary distribution into these job boards. No innovation is being done on the job board side. Remember that code is becoming more of a commodity, but trust and proprietary distribution is not where they're helping these firms find people in product and crypto roles. You could also look at buying an audience where we talked about HubSpot earlier and then buying proprietary distribution, but Stripe also opted to buy a community, Indie Hackers, instead of building one from scratch. There's also a move to borrow trust from affiliates where AppSumo shares revenue from one-time sales, but they continue to capture value from those relationships over time. And there's a much higher LTV play than the revenue that's shared from that one-time sale. We can also come back to this idea of an audience first fund where that's an opportunity looking at NFX, A16Z and first round. These are essentially media companies that have monetized with a venture capital model. You could also take an audience first approach to landing your dream job where KP did this, where he applied to jobs in public. We also have April who did the same with Microsoft. One to key lessons where the first one is that audience equals optionality. Building trust is hard, but monetizing trust is easy. And we've seen audience first agencies, digital products, SaaS companies, platforms, funds, and more. Another key lesson is that proprietary distribution gives you pricing power and control of your unit economics, where if you're bidding on paid ads on Google or Facebook each week, it's simply a race to the bottom. And the second that someone's willing to pay more for access to that same audience, now your cost of acquisition has been thrown off where either you play game or you lose out on those prospective customers. But if you have a proprietary channel or route to these customers, it's effectively free, even though we know that it's taken a while to build that trust up. Another key lesson is that building an audience actually increases your chance of luck, where once we understand what your goals are, we can conspire to actually help you out. Even while you're not building your business, we're helping you build your business for you. And it becomes much more of a downhill battle or instead of a headwind, that becomes a tailwind for you. We can also look at the importance of focus, where you should concentrate your efforts and only expand once you're getting diminishing returns. The one exception on this is if you're building on a channel that you don't have a lot of control over, like Twitter or YouTube, these are best paired with more owned channels like podcasts or newsletters. 
And speaking of podcasts and newsletters, we have to touch on the point that platform risk is everywhere. And we tend to look at newsletters as if they don't have platform risk, but they depend on Gmail clients and other email clients, as well as podcasts, where a lot of podcasts play to Apple in terms of trying to get reviews through Apple and distributing through Apple. Even non-internet businesses depend on government. So platform risk is not an all or nothing thing. It's more of a spectrum where every business has it to some degree. We can also look at the importance of picking an audience that you're passionate about and one that you can serve for a long time where most of the benefits of compounding come towards the end. So it's important to play a long-term game when we talk about this audience first approach. On to haters, where the first hater says that audience building is slow, and it is, and we know that there's not a free lunch. So as we look at alternatives like paid channels, these are faster, but they're also less defensible, going back to the downsides of putting your customer acquisition costs in someone else's hands. Another hater asks, when doesn't this make sense? And it may not make sense if you're trying to disrupt a market and there aren't a lot of early adopters. So the audience actually doesn't know what they want or need. It may also not make sense if the audience that you're targeting aren't tribal, meaning that they don't congregate around these products or ideas or don't want to be connected to each other. It also may not make sense if you're dealing with a smaller set of stakeholders. Another hater asked about the potential for false positives, where we've seen this with Derek Reimer and Levels or Casey Neistat and Beam, where your audience wants you to win. They also don't want to disappoint you. So sometimes they may lie to you about what they want or need. And in the mom test, Rob Fitzpatrick talks about how to ask these questions and validate in biased environments. The last hater asked about giving away trade secrets while building in public. And the fact is that we aren't interested in 100% of your business. So you have the option to only share the good parts where most companies can build in public without sharing revenue, key distribution channels or algorithms. There are many ways to build in public. I'd like to thank everyone who helped out with this report, including Arvid from the Bootstrap Founder, Justin from Transistor, Sheriff from Shoutout, Luani from Petite Fashion Weekly, Vishal from Train Edge, Adil from Demand Curve, Ashwin from Trends VC, Ash from Bad Unicorn, Wit from Bad Unicorn, Yomer from Venturism, Ray from Sustained Ventures, Jamil from Substack, Shah Shank from Omdena, Lou from OS Bundle, Vincent from VH Digital, Edwin from TrueFit, and that wraps it up for the report on audience-first products. I'm looking forward to your thoughts and thanks for listening.